Welcome to the MacFab Engineering Podcast, a weekly show about things, engineering, DIY projects, manufacturing, industry news, and Python coding. Is that different from snake coding? Well, maybe. We're your hosts, Electrical Engineers, Parker Dolman. And Stephen Craig. This is episode 315. And by the way, if you're listening to right now and you're free on Tuesday nights, you should totally check out the live stream. It's a... Um, twitch.tv slash macrofab because we actually at this point been talking for an hour and two minutes at this point i'm already exhausted i was exhausted <laughs> beforehand gotta keep the energy going though i think steven's good to go though everyone in chat is primed we've been talking about entropy our place in the universe time and gravity time and gravity oh, what else uh the brain how it processes oh things. how yeah how brain just how our human brain just make up information it's been a lot of fun we're not going to talk about that right now though because y'all missed out on it yeah well come and join the pre-show because like they basically have turned into a full show before the show every week now exactly yeah it's it's, it's a podcast and then we do a podcast and then we usually do a post podcast yeah we typically well. do it's a few hours of just hanging out and it's a lot of fun probably probably not tonight though because i am I need to sleep. So, yeah, I guess uh, <laughs> twitch.tv slash macrofab. We record live every Tuesday, typically, I should say virtually all the time, at uh, 6 p.m. Central. Uh, if if something unique has to happen, we usually uh, put it up on uh, Twitter and our Slack channel. Yes. Um, so before we start uh, with all our topics, we're going to talk about a topic that came up just before we started. And Steven mentioned, hey, tonight is the last episode of Book of Boba Fett of Star Wars. Um, and as everyone on this that listens to our podcast knows, we like Star Wars a lot here. Yeah, we're kind of dorks. Um, and so I think we're going to just talk a, just a little bit, not a lot, just a little bit of just Book of Boba Fett, I think, which is the last seven, is it six or seven episodes? It's six. Uh the sixth episode six so tonight. far that we're going to talk about. Yeah. So if you haven't watched book of Boba Fett at all, just turn off the podcast. Now we're not going to talk about the season finale because we haven't we seen haven't it. Watched it yet. Yeah. Um, so spoilers, so I guess I will start on episode. Like I really like the beginning of it. Like episode, and then it like turned into episode one, like right from the get-go. episode one, two, yeah. et cetera was awesome. And then it turned into more, uh mandalorian season two and a half basically yeah yeah and i didn't like it as much well they're, like, tie they're tying it together you know they're tying, they're tying it together and they're together. building more story but i'm invested in uh, boba fett is a more interesting character than mandalorian is I think I think Boba Fett has has more going for him in terms of like reasons why he does what he does. Whereas the yes. Mandalorian is like was basically he he was originally introduced as like I do things for money. Now I find a, a little baby Yoda, and now I do everything I to take care for that, of it. You know, yes. And that's like now the I'm whole a story. <laughs> now I'm a dad of an alien. Right, right. Whereas Boba Fett has like actual reasons why he does things. Yeah, and and. It could be partially because we get the facial expressions from from man uh, from uh, Boba Fett, whereas we don't normally do with Mandalorian. Yeah. But I don't think that's part of the problem because honestly, uh, I can't remember the actor's name for Mando. Oh, um, I don't remember. 
Um, but his his line delivery is so good, you don't actually need to see his face to get his feelings. It's actually acted. It's like the same thing I said with season one and two of Mandalorian is the acting of voice delivery is so good. You don't actually need to see his face. You know what? Okay. So what it is, it is, it is the exact opposite of how Power Rangers did it, where they had to like vigorously shake their head to show that they were the one talking. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. (laughs) You're totally right on that point. Um, Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's that it's just, Boba Fett is just a much more interesting character. Yeah. I still don't understand why he likes the Tusken Raiders. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess they, they spared him, right? That was... Yeah, I why. think it's because in the I think ep- the last episode that came out, which was like six or whatever, he mentions that the Tusken Raiders saved him. But when you... If you watch the first episode, they just pulled him off the... Like, technically, actually, the... The uh, Jawas saved him, but just left him for dead. And then he got enslaved that's by the not, Tusken Raiders. That's arguably not saving you. Arguably, but they did, like, pull his armor off that's coated in the Sarlacc acid, right? Right. Honestly, no one actually really saved him besides himself. Except that he just almost died <laughs> next to the Sarlacc pit. But the Tusken Raiders did enslave him for a bit. So it's like, it's one of those, is that like, was it, um, uh, what's that syndrome called? Where you like, like your capture. Oh, Stockholm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it feels like that. Now he believes that they saved him, which is partially true, but there was, there was been many moments, especially early on in Boba Fett's, relationship i guess with the tuscan raiders that he could just left and also like he was basically still enslaved at that point i guess Mm. he could just left but then he came back and then earned his place (laughs) which is very interesting to think about yeah yeah because he did he came he came back and then earned his place in the tribe but he didn't need to do that. He could just left. Well, okay, so but but here's the thing. Maybe we need to look towards the future because perhaps what he's trying to do is unify Tatooine or at least unify the one location yeah. in Tatooine and just constantly leaving isn't going to do that. No, no, you're right. And I think that's where the last episode besides the finale kind of leaves off is he's trying to do that with all the different groups all the and factions, stuff. So yeah. he was trying to do that with the uh, uh, Tusken Raiders, and then ended up basically all the Tusken Raiders. Well, at least his tribe died, right? Because he tried to do that, and that didn't work. Well, out. here's the thing, and uh, like I think he's wanting to unify, but maybe not. It's not necessarily the most noble goal because he's just trying to get everyone to unify under him. Like he's he's yeah, I don't authoritarian know if for. I still don't think it's hundred percent for him. He still doesn't feel like an authoritarian. Like when he goes to like places, he doesn't feel like an authoritarian figure, hmm. right? Because he when he, like the first episode, he goes to the casino place. Well, he's accepting he's accepting fealty, uh, you know. It, yeah, yeah, it, no, he is. But what he says is he wants to rule by respect and not not fear, fear. right? Yeah. 
But when he walks in there, he's he says, um, I want to make sure you all still prosper under me. Yeah, yeah. Which is a completely different way of wording that phrase. Like, wording... It's like, it's completely different as an authoritarian figure would be like, I demand you to pay tribute because of blah, 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 blah. Yeah, no, I suppose so. Maybe he's trying to become some kind of, like, interesting, like, protector, parent figure for his people, I guess. Almost, Almost like the last episode before the finale is we go it goes back to that town that's on like the outskirts in Tatooine mm-hmm. with the uh much like wild wild west america is what this town represents right mm-hmm. um where you have a sheriff and the sheriff's Fr- job free town, is to right? well that well, that's yeah free, free they t- renamed it freetown <laughs> goofy <laughs> that was that oh that line is so like because the bartender's like free town yeah <laughs> <laughs> and mando's like what <laughs> also mando's like, like whatever i don't care <laughs> i don't care but the best thing is mando's reaction is like what yeah right. like why and, and then the, and the <laughs> i can't remember his name but the, the, uh, sheriff. the sheriff's like yeah the sh- i can't remember his name though yeah because he's a famous actor too because yeah. like he's one of the cameos right the whole thing with the show is like every other Character is a cameo. Which quick Pokemon side effect. note, um, in Mando, Bill Burr is the best cameo in the whole oh, thing. Because yeah, yeah. Bill it's just Bill Burr in space. Yes, Bill Burr in space. <laughs> okay, but so, yeah. All the cameos are really good in yeah, the show. Yeah. But uh, it's it's one of those like the the uh sheriff of this town is super stereotypical sheriff. Like he is not there to take advantage of everyone. He just wants to protect everyone in his town, and he keeps their the peace. keeps the peace in their land. Like, and uh, that whole ideal, I think that's what Baba Fett is trying to do on a bigger planet scale. I think because he doesn't when he goes like all his wording when he goes to like meet the other groups and stuff, he doesn't really demand stuff besides like saying, keep your nose out of it and I will take care of it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's very interesting. Now we'll have to see later what happens in the finale. Cause apparently it's like an hour long or something like well, that. Well, here's the thing, which can change. I don't think, I don't think Boba Fett's just like chaotic good in that sense. He's not like a paladin he, where he has to do good. He's going to do good, but there's going to be something in it for him. Yeah, so he does have. There's a whole thing where he talks to. Uh, what's her name? Fennec? Fennec? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. His, the assassin that he like heals. He's up. like number two. Yeah, yeah. Her, uh, his right hand uh, assassin or whatever. Um, where he wants to, he. That's actually more authoritarian. I more I think about it is. He thinks he can be better and be smarter than the other rulers. He does say that. Because mm-hmm. he, he's basically like our kind. He's talking about uh, bounty hunters get used and be put into stupid situations. And he wants to change that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. It's like one of those like country of pirates kind of idea. It's very interesting to think about him as a character, as a ruler or a leader 
It's very interesting because he's half the time he's like, I want to make a society of bounty hunters that like don't have to like go in stupid situations, which I guess like a better bounty hunter guild maybe is what he's trying to build, but he's also controlling a planet, but he also doesn't care. Like he just wants people to live their lives. It's really interesting how that pans out. Yeah. I, mean, I, I haven't revealed it all. He yet. doesn't fit in a typical category that we normally have. I don't think, I don't think we know the motivation yet. No, I don't uh, fully. It's partially he's angry because, because like, he took a job for Jawa and Jawa almost got him killed for a stupid reason. Like he almost got kicked. He almost died because a blind Han Solo kicked him to a Sarlacc pit. <laughs> right. 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 And it's one of those, he probably doesn't want that to happen ever again to any other bounty hunter. Hmm. So he's like, okay, I'm going to be a smarter leader. That's part of the motivation. He says that in like, either the last episode or the episode before that, like five or six. Yeah. He says that. Now I think that that's the episode he like fixes. Uh, I think her name is Fennec. I want to say that. That sounds right. She's I don't remember. Yeah. That sounds, it's close. If that's not exactly it, they don't actually say so. her name very often. Yeah. F E N N E C Fennec. Um, and, uh, because that's, like, why she follows Boba Fett now. Because, mm-hmm. like... Because, um, like, they ended up being, like, at the end of that episode or conflict, like, they were square already, but she ends up following them because Fett has this, like, idea of maybe a society that doesn't have to... That has smart leaders. Honestly, that's what it is, right? So, it's interesting. Boba Fett's a very interesting character compared to Mando. Because Mando's, like... I have the dark saber now, but I don't know what to do. <laughs> I feel like he's a lot more one dimensional. Uh, Mando, yeah, but I think that plays into what he is, though, because he is a um, what do they call it in the show? A uh, he calls uh, Grogu the same thing. A because um, they're Mandalorians that were basically escaped the genocide of Mandalore and they lived in hiding and they have a certain name um, for that group. Yeah. Gosh, I know what you, I, I don't recall. I know what you're talking about. And, and Luke, uh, Luke basically says the same thing to Grogu at the end of the last episode. Uh, well, second to last episode. Um, and asked Grogu to like choose, and we don't know what Grogu chose. Grogu's the child or baby Yoda. But what was that? What is it called? Is it Foundling? Foundling, yes. Yeah, cra- exactly Craft Labs in the uh, yes. uh, in chat uh, said. Yes, that. yes, yes. You're right. You're right. Foundling, because he's not a Mandalorian. He's like an adopted Mandalorian. Right. That's right. That's right. Um. But yeah, that whole aspect of that. That, that I think um, because he's a foundling, because so basically he's adopted. So he doesn't have a 
past, so to speak. He does have one, but it's been slowly being pieced together over everything. But he's a very one-dimensional character in terms of, like, his motivations. Right now, it's his motivations are survive and go see Grogu and make sure Grogu is safe. That's about it. Whereas Boba Fett has... Like, what? what is his... I don't think Boba Fett has a baseline motivation. He's so has so many different conflicting motivations to come up with what he is doing. That's right what now. I'm saying. Like, I don't think it's been revealed to us fully yet. Yeah, In fact, fully. then why, maybe I'm just missing it, but why is it even called the book of Boba Fett? Like what, what is the whole reasoning behind that? I haven't seen the finale. Maybe it's, a that, that's actually a good point is why is it called book? Right, right. Is there because something the first behind one, that? Cause the other one was called just Mandalorian, which is the character. <laughs> right. And then the book of Boba Fett, implies more of like a novel aspect to it but the thing is like the last two episodes have been about the mandalorian which is i complain about because i'm like i like i've watched like a lot of people are like oh the last couple episodes have been awesome for the man for book of buffett because it's about mandalorian i'm like those have been the worst ones my my opinion like i i, I like watching boba fett like figure out how to lead like he's learning how to be a leader he's learning to be a from a bounty hunter to be a leader of a planet well okay super interesting but, but they're connecting the stories they're tying it no they together, are and but... they have to they have to give enough reasoning behind all the things that's happening with man yes but i would say the last episode like was like Fennec comes up to Mandalorian and goes, will you help Boba Fett? And Mando's like, yeah, I'll do it for free, but I got to go do something else first. Right. Yeah. And then the next episode is all him doing the next, like that thing. Yeah. Like going well, I mean, to go they set see it up at least. Yeah. But it's like, well, he could just, they could just put that section of time in the next Mandalorian season instead of this season. And he could just been, back and be like yeah i did what i needed to do and then leave the audience guessing what he did and they show it into the next season of mandalorian instead yeah i think that would have it makes sense from a chronological order kind of spec what they're doing but from a like packaging standpoint it doesn't work well there's a there's another aspect that needs to be taken into account and it's not star wars at all from a from a disney marketing standpoint they have to put a certain number of things in there you know i'm sure that there's some committee action going on to make sure that like it could be hey uh you know spoilers here luke was in the end of mando season two they put luke in book of boba fett when mando comes in such that you know it could be uh, I do like, but they kind of, they kind of fixed that though. So in, in one of the episodes of Mando, I think it's like the second, like episode five where he, where Boba Fett finds Fennec like on the side of the mountain, like been gut shot by basically Mando. Right. But when Boba Fett looks in the distance, they do that sound effect and you know, it's Mando. That's a Mando event going off in the distance because yeah. the sound effects. Right. And I'm like, 
they do that a couple times before like Mando comes into the story 100% of the time. <laughs> but I thought that was such a great way to do it because it ties the events together yeah. and if without having Mando being on, yeah. on the screen. Right, right. And that's what I really enjoyed about it. And then, like, oh, now we're just Mandalorian season two and a half now? Come on. <laughs> well, we'll find. Okay, so episode six actually airs tomorrow uh, night. Seven. Uh, wait, two seven? I think. No, it's I episode think... six. There's only six episodes in this season. Really? Yeah, I looked it up uh, earlier. There's only six total. So that 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 airs. We're, we're recording on a Tuesday night, so I think that, that shows up tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, you know, I saw something. Oh, no, episode six came out last week, so it's gonna be seven. Are you sure? Yeah, I watched episode six last night on Monday. Hmm. Okay, maybe I got it wrong. I looked it up earlier. My wife asked how many were in this, and it said six. So, yeah, regardless, it's be a super long episode for the final season finale, which is seven. I, I I saw something funny earlier. So at the end of the last episode that I think both of us watched, uh, Luke gives Grogu. Yeah. A choice between a light, choice, yeah, yeah a lightsaber and mithril armor, basically. And yeah, uh, mithril armor. I saw somebody post a meme that just said, "Only a Sith deals in absolutes." Absolutes. <laughs> Grogu takes both or none. Yeah, it takes the lightsaber, kills Luke. <laughs> That's gonna be very interesting. What Grogu yeah. picks, we'll we'll see what's up. Um, I bet you Grogu. So. We're 21 minutes and haven't talked about engineering yet. Yeah. It's coming. Predictions. <laughs> Grogu takes the armor. I, I agree. I think Grogu's going to take the armor and find its way back to Mando. I think that's, yeah, find back. I think that's what they're going to do. And I think, uh, in fact, Craftlag um, wrote in chat something that, that's along the lines of what I'm going at here. I've seen, I've seen some theories about um, basically Luke trying and failing to be this like master that like everyone's like, Oh, Luke can be this amazing teacher for everyone. And his very first student he fails on. And then, yeah. you know, if, if Disney keeps the, the stories that, that appear in seven, eight and nine, the movies, uh, Luke fails even worse. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. So, and in the EU, which extended universe for star Wars, Luke was never a really good teacher either. Mm hmm. He's striped with failure and uh, and the like. And I know a lot of people don't like the sequels, seven, eight, nine, um, and also the whole idea of like Palpatine is Palpatine is back, which none of us like either on this podcast. But read the whole like Palpatine coming back is not a new idea, by the way. It's not something J.J. Abrams came up with because that was in the EU. Yeah, oh yeah, that was like, that's, <laughs> and it, that's guess old. what though, it was also bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, people like, like, are shocked that that was the thing, and I'm like, oh yeah, I read that book before. It was awful. <laughs> yeah, was it? Was that the one where like Palpatine like talks to Luke in a cave and Luke like contemplates the dark side? I don't remember. That, I think that was a Timothy Zahn book, if I remember right. It was um, because oh, Palpatine comes back as as a clone, basically, mm. um, and it's called the Dark Empire or something like that. At that point, man, the EU is it gets the weird. Star Wars EU <laughs> is awesome and awful at the same time, and it is it's one of those things where like because Disney 
retcon basically all the EU. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people like complained about it. I'm like, okay, that's okay. That's that's fine. There was a there for as much good, there was a lot of bad. There's more bad than good in the old EU. Yeah. And what I really like though about so far the stories or the 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 TV t- TV shows of course cuz they're online, right? They're on Disney Plus. That they've been doing so far is they've been really good about taking the good stuff from the EU and bringing it back. They can bring some bad stuff back, but most of it has been pretty good. Mm. So I've been pretty happy with it. Um, I just wish 7, 8, 9 had one director doing all three movies instead of what we got. That That's what I'm going to say. I can say way more harsh things about those three movies. I, I think I might say um, amend that a little bit. Maybe it could be different directors. I mean, 4, 5, 6 had different directors. but uh, They still had... <clears throat> They had uh, they had at least a somewhat cohesive story, you know. Uh, You're right. You're right. Seven, eight, and nine should have had at least the structure planned for all three of them, whereas they didn't, and that messed it up. Yeah, Lucas was still the architect of the story for four, five, six, and one, two, three. Seven, eight, nine could have really used that because we know from interviews is JJ actually. Kind of wrote an architect up, and then Ryan Johnson said, "Screw that." He just ignored it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, that does not excuse both of them, because in my opinion, honestly, seven. Man, we're getting we're like we're gonna be half the podcast the on, on this one. one. But seven's actually not. You know, you know what we need to do, Steven? We need to do a. We gotta figure out how to make this work. We need to do like a watch party. With Star Wars. Hmm. Like a Twitch watch party? Yeah. I don't know if Star Wars is... Star Wars... The problem is Star Wars is not on Amazon Prime. Um, because on if it's on Amazon Prime, you could do a Twitch stream with the movie because people just log into Twitch and, like, it brings up the Amazon Prime account that they're associated with. Mm. And then they can watch the movie right. at the same time. Which is pretty awesome. Um, Star Wars does not have that. I th- Star Wars does have like a family, or Disney Plus has like a family watch thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if we can convince like we have a family of like forty people, <laughs> then yeah, that could work. Yeah, I think it'd be a lot of fun to try to figure something out though, mm-hmm. because having kind of like a because ra- we can razz on like even the originals four, five, and six because oh, yeah. they're. They're, they're problematic. <laughs> they're problematic as well. Yeah. Um, maybe we just watch it together and record it and then publish that as like a riff track. Like We can't use riff track because that's a trademark name. Uh, a for riff Mystery track. Science Theater 3000. But yeah, the episode seven's not the worst. Like I walked out of that movie being like, you know what? That was a pretty good reboot. I'm pretty happy with that. There's a handful of things that annoyed the snot out of me, but I was still hopeful that the story. Yeah, I was hopeful could be for the future of the next two episodes, and then yeah. episode eight came out, and right. I'm like, no. No, seven had a ton of potential, and then they squandered all of it. Yeah, yeah. And then nine was just like <laughs> nine is. Well, I don't even know what nine is. And like, ro- I, this is the thing. This is not Disney either, because Rogue One is my 
hands down favorite Star Wars movie. It's so good. And then uh, Solo is actually in the top five. Easy. Like, I like Solo. That's such a good... Solo died for the sins of Episode Eight. Mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. That kind of sucks. Um, I've been needing Solo to watch it because I've only movie. seen Solo once. I saw it in a theater. You should, you should, I need to watch it again. It's such a good movie. Yeah. I remember Just liking the, it. It wasn't bad. I can't remember his act, his name. The actor? I, I don't who, know. Who played uh, Han Solo. But, like, the first scene, he has, like, a silhouette of, like, him... He's being backlit, so it's just a shadow you see. And he's got the swagger of Harrison Ford, Han Solo. And I'm like, that that sold it. Yeah. Like, they set up that shot on purpose. Of course. To show that this character, this actor can pull off Han Solo. He did it in, like, the first five seconds. And I'm like, well, I'm sold. I don't care anymore. He's Han Solo now. Yeah. So, Yeah. I got movies so good. I gotta watch Solo again. <laughs> but Rogue One's my favorite. That's man. It's got the best space scene for sure. Space fight scene over Seraph. Oh, so good. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, when they yeah. ram the the star destroyer into the shield with a hammerhead. Yeah, it's so good. Oh god, so good. It's so good. <laughs> and then uh, more recently, we did you know Star Wars Visions, which is very divided. The good thing is that's not canon, so you can just watch it. Yeah, take I know it for lot, what it you is. You don't like it. I like that show a lot. All of them. Well, there's a couple I don't like, but majority I like. So. <laughs> I guess we need to talk about engineering eventually, right? Yeah, let's let's switch gears. <laughs> so, um, circuit grounding. Okay, so I. How does it work in the Star Wars universe? <laughs> I no, we're done. Th- th- we're things done are weird in the Star Wars universe. Uh, that's that's for sure. There's there's so much stuff that's like, how do they have designs like they have yet everything still seems to be like radio communication? And actually, <laughs> I have a I have a very valid question right now. Yeah, what's that? So in DC, mm. how do you? This is an interesting question. How do you dissipate? electrostatic discharge on like a space station uh like wait are you just saying like if the space station itself like just builds a charge i'm sure it does right yeah no that's the thing is i'm thinking that's what i'm thinking about like okay so on earth we wear an esd strap that's connected to ground and we're basically dissipating our electrons through a big resistor into the planet yeah, so that's uh, the idea, right? So the the planet has an enormous is, amount of electrons that we can that can soak that we, yeah that can soak it's it ginormous, so, right? So so does the the space station, right? Yeah, but smaller. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's like it's still in comparison to whatever voltage you're uh, charging up, it's insignificant. Maybe because you're just equalizing things, right? You're just equalizing against whatever the charge is on uh, the space Yeah, I know, but the thing is, so, okay, your car gives you a shock. Yeah. And the car is pretty big. Well, okay, what now, you, now you're what having if to you define were what in is a, a mercury shock, capsule. Right? Yeah, but what if you were in a mercury capsule, which is no bigger than a freaking compact car? Yeah. 
So how do you dissipate the ESD there? Exact same way. You just equalize it. Like dissipating is different. That like dissipating it kind of gives the idea that it it's going away or it's like dissolving. Yeah, but it has to absorb it. Like so like, what if you're on a spacewalk and you collected enough potential? So you go touch the mercury capsule and it you equalize that potential. I wonder if those tethered because they on those missions they were tethered. Oh, I'm sure they were grounded if, to it. Yeah, I wonder if on spacewalks there is a procedure to equalize your potential from an electricity. Oh, I guarantee you. Yeah, absolutely. There has to be some kind of sequence on how everything kind, comes together. Kind of like the people who ride helicopters to do maintenance on high voltage lines. They ha use that big probe yeah. to like equalize the potential between the helicopter and them. Right, and then the helicopter's at a hundred and whatever thousand volts. Yeah, thousand volts <laughs> yeah, to the right. other line. Yeah, right, and then right. they're okay. Yeah, I wonder. That has to be. That has to be consideration. Yeah, you're absolutely. if you're just on a spacewalk, you're being bombarded by space particles from the from the sun. You're also so cruising you through giant magnetic fields, right? Yeah, so you have to be collecting or just or or shedding electrons in some regard. Yeah, there, there Compar was like a um, gosh, to I gotta look it to. up now. Um, I don't remember the name of the uh, thing, but uh, it was like generating electricity via a large cable that they extended out of the uh, space shuttle. And they were generating a huge amount of, of energy just from having this cable out uh, passing through Into the Earth's the magnetic flux. field. Into the, yeah, Earth magnetic flux. Yeah, yeah. and eventually the cable broke. It, I, don't, I don't remember exactly what happened, but there's a, there's a video of it. Um, and that's exactly what you're talking about. Like, basically, you know, if you're the guy spacewalking yeah. out there. And, like, you're yeah, the way the out there. That yeah. Way different potential. And then they're either shedding or picking up more electrons than they would be back. You know, on the shuttle. It's interesting. <laughs> yeah, DJ, free energy. That's how it works. Yeah, that's exactly how it works. You'll never uh, slow down and fall back towards Earth, right? <laughs> In interesting idea it, that I haven't heard for this concept is the whole idea of a space elevator. Yeah. Right? The idea behind a space elevator is... A way to reduce the amount of energy required or delta V change in velocity required to leave Earth's influence of gravity. So you would basically climb up a tower, which takes less energy than firing a rocket up the same altitude, basically. That's the whole idea. Well, if you do that and you make it really, really long, like the space shuttle wire... Yeah, you have you have to post that because I want to watch that. You video. just say, could you just pump electricity from a? Yeah, you could. Yeah, because yeah. now you're <laughs> you have a ginormous antenna yeah. basically into this magnetic flux. Right. And and, and It'd be I, very I, interesting. Also, the the the, right. the I watched a video about something similar to that. They weren't talking about energy generation. They were just basically talking about the the elevator. And and the the this the thing is like the materials required for the elevator basically to have this mass so far away from earth uh and it'd be rigid enough rigid yeah, is it just work. it's obscene like we don't have we don't have anything that is like it's orders of magnitude past our hey, strongest materials hey, hey carbon buckyballs man <laughs> where the future there it is as of 20 years ago gosh i gotta find what this program was called um there's, right, there's a youtube it, video of it someone's gotta tell me if 
carbon buckyballs actually made a difference in the world. Uh, that was like the thing 20 years ago. Well, okay, so buckyballs were, were um, isn't there some, um, gosh, some lubricants that use them because they're extremely, they make a fantastic well, yeah, lubricant. It's, it's like graphite. Yeah. Yeah, but, but there's a different structure it's, it's carbon, on top of that. But it's in a different structure. Because yeah. graphene it's is... like a soccer ball. Or graphite is basically sheets of carbon. Right. Uh, space tether experiment. Is that what it is? Sorry, I'm, I'm actively Googling this. I got to figure out what it's called. <laughs> you got to figure it out. Uh, electric wire in space test. <laughs> so D DJ in chat says, I really want to experiment with harnessing lightning. DJ, I hope you're really careful. That's all I have to say about that. It'd be really awesome if you figure out how to... I think it'll be easier to make a ginormous coil and just live next to, like, power lines. <laughs> That's also highly I wonder if... <laughs> I wonder if a power company could figure that out. Because they definitely would see a loss... But could they figure out where that loss is coming from on that ginormous line? Like how granular does a power power generation company maintain their lines know on lines? I like how like everyone in chat's like they can. It's illegal. And I'm like, prove it. <laughs> okay. It's it's now gonna be my homework to find what this thing was called now so so craft lab says i read about the lawsuit between a farmer and the power company because he was doing that now did he advertise he was doing that or say he was in that uh no they probably just found some kind of coil wrapped around the power lines right well no you can just bury it in your shed in the backyard well, I think you have to be a little bit closer in proximity. It depends how big the power lines are, man. <laughs> how much current's flowing through them, I suppose, right? Actually, wouldn't wouldn't your your phantom electricity that you're pulling from the lines would be dependent upon the load at that point? It would be. So yeah. it would be dependent upon what everyone the else loads, is doing. Yeah, but the loads. Power lines that bag is generally constant. At least it should be. That's the whole idea. <laughs> it's a constant. Yeah. So. And actually, when you think about it, um, if you buried the lot, if you put him on your property, didn't advertise it, and no one knew you had it, technically they wouldn't be allowed to even search your property for it. So they actually would no, have no idea how to find it. Unless they localize the line, basically. Within that area. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. This is talking about the United States, by the way. Property rights and, and warrants and stuff like that. You know, I feel... Oh, gosh, what, what was the name of that... Not guy? legal advice in this podcast, by the way. <laughs> what was the name of that guest we had um, from Austin, Texas, that... Um, put the energy meters in your in your box. Oh, um, with pecan, yeah, pecan Street, pecan Street, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I, I feel like they would be able to tell because they would look at your at your house no, and they'd be like, this house this house down. uses like, you know, a few watts of power. Where are they getting all the rest of it? So, Craft Lab is correct. They had the right away under the lines. The great thing about electromagnetic fields is they expend they extend past right aways. <laughs> so. If it's on your pro if it's actually on your property and not a right away, people that are listening to our audio stream only does not say the face I say I just I just showed. Um, it would be very hard to prove that you're doing that. This this is what I'll say. Not legal advice. Don't do that. You know they might be able to. If it was real fancy, they might be able to detect really odd loads. But honestly, probably not because it would. No, it the, would appear those, very they would small. definitely see a lot. So if you pulled enough, they would see a loss. Yeah, because they know how much loss their lines are taking. Right. So they would see an increase of loss. But but probably I don't I don't know exactly how accurate it is, but I don't know if they'd be able to tell exactly how much and that, where. The thing is, could they tell if they have a line that's a, for example, a thousand miles long? Or hundred miles long, could how do you detect where that loss is coming from? From an basically an EMF siphon, right? A coil. Yeah. Unless you, man, there has to be a way to do it though. Like if you, I guess if you found a way. Oh, I know how. So, because your siphon or your coil is taking flux out of the area. So, all you have to do is walk your line with an EMF reader and find where it dips down. Because it should be technically constant over the whole line. And you, if you find the dip, that's where it's being pulled from. That's how you find it. Because mm -hmm. you're... you're Technically, your flux should be the same over the entire line. But if someone's got a big-ass coil in the ground that's pulling it, well, you're going to find a, a difference in flux there. I'm sure they have fancy techniques for all of They have of ways this. to do it. They have, they have the, 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 the electron police. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dang, our free energy idea came came. Apart we, in like five minutes. You know, we'll just keep trying. Keep trying. Perpet yeah. Perpetual motion is out there somewhere. <laughs> just make a tower. That's uh, how how tall of a line do you have to make to get power from the EMF flux of the well, not EMF flux, but just the flux of the Earth magnetic field? Like, how long was the experiment for the space shuttle? <clears throat> I don't remember it. Mm -hmm. Not sure. <laughs> I I'm still looking for this. I I have like I can so all you play the do, video in my head of this. Thing. So all you have to do is have a couple billion dollars and design a space shuttle. Then you get free energy. <laughs> no, all, all all we have to do is make like a uh, what a 300 mile extension cord and just throw one end into space and have it whip yeah, around. Yeah, it stays up there. And then we just plug the other end into a surge protector and <laughs> surge protector. and there we go. Done. <laughs> We've solved oh. everything. You know, okay, perpetual motion machines. 
isn't it funny that like okay have you ever gone on like youtube and like search perpetual motion machines i think everyone did that around circa 2008. isn't it funny how like every single perpetual motion machine somehow involves magnets like there's something like yeah. mystical about magnets for people how do they work yeah magnets man crazy so that's that's uh an icp song isn't it <laughs> what magnets yeah doesn't insane clown posse have a song about magnets i don't know i've never really been an icp guy <laughs> uh if so, like I kind of want to listen. Who, to who wrote that song? Yeah, Insane Clown, Clown Posse Miracles, and it's about magnets. I think it has magnets in it. <laughs> oh, this is a weird episode. I like it. Yeah, Miracles, a twenty a twenty ten rap song by Detroit based hip hop duo Insane Clown Posse. Yeah, this is on Know Your Meme. Yeah, I, I, I'm so glad I'm correct on this. <laughs> Um, the song instantly went viral because of a lyric called fucking magnets. How do they work? <laughs> so that's the, that's basically what the meme is based on. Yes. Okay. Yes, I never knew that because I'm not 100%. an ICP guy. That's freaking funny. Me neither, but I was on the internet in 2019 and uh, 2010. Sure. So sure. Yeah. 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 That was, you don't, thing. you don't strike me as an ICP kind of guy. <laughs> Um, and I just pull out. I pull out a bunch of of white face makeup <laughs> my drawer. Oh, <laughs> uh, I found it. It's okay. I I think I mentioned it earlier, um, but uh, it's called Space Tether, and it's basically okay. a, a large spherical thing at the end of a cable that they uh, extended from the space shuttle. And it uh, here. Let me see if I can put some. Uh, video up in our chat and uh we can take what was this 1996 yeah this is the video yeah and this is the video of it breaking <laughs> and they were just like bye-bye as it floats away you know maybe uh maybe i had it wrong maybe this wasn't something where they were actively trying to generate electricity but perhaps they were measuring the voltage on the cable and noticed i i don't remember the exact answer i gotcha gotcha it's one of those um i think though it's because magnets had this they seem to have a infinite i think this is why they're part of like this whole mystic of uh perpetual motion or perpetual en energy is they seem to have this capability of infinitely repelling or infinitely re causing a force on something yeah right which is not true you will wear out magnets um but like all the things like having like a special disc of magnets and then you spin the rotor and like the magnets like keep repelling it around right yeah so as a magnet passes another magnet as the rotor magnet. passes the stator then it gives it a push but i think what most people tend to miss on that is that it's also pushing against it as they the magnets approach yes. each other and so it might work for a while but eventually it will either slow down or the moment you try to take energy out of the system yeah it stops right Yeah, I had a professor 
uh, say in I think it was physics one I was just like come on guys like I'm gonna just give you the whole thermodynamics thing and um or, yeah. or just tell you like the, don't even think about perpetual motion it, the whole I this is actually goes back pre the pre podcast uh for today was about entropy yeah and uh that's that's all that is so okay um you know what Stephen? i think we're just gonna hold off i on you know i was I, no 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 like totally like maybe 30 minutes ago i was like yeah no we're not that's, that's just let's just cruise so we'll, we'll hang on to these topics they were just random topics anyway so we can yeah do these another time um very interesting podcast today. I really, I, I think we need to uh, start recording our pre-games, though, at least, because we had an hour's worth of podcast material already. <laughs> yeah. And then we just talked 30 minutes about Star Wars tonight, which is totally fine with me. Um, hopefully we didn't make people angry talking about that. Um, this, was, this was a refresher episode where we just got to talk yeah, about whatever episode. came up. Yeah. If you talk, so Craft Lab says if you talk about grounding, it might be interesting to talk about virtual grounds. Hmm. I don't know what you mean by virtual grounds in terms of hardware design. Well, a virtual ground being a return point that isn't like your traditional zero volt. So, oh, so okay. like if you Never do like mind. a half rail on a single, rail, yeah, half rail, like, yeah, things like that. I so, mean, anything that you have. All you mean at that point is it's whatever you're considering your reference point at that point. How many times can I say point in that sentence? That's what, yeah, it's whatever you're considering the reference, which is what you're because in a DC circuit and actually any circuit, whatever you traditionally call ground is just a reference, and you're just considering it. Most people of the time to make math easy, you consider it zero volts. Well, and that's I, just a convenience thing. It, virtual grounds are are kind of a, a little bit. They require a little bit more of a um, uh, unique handling, mainly because uh, it depends on how you're generating your reference ground. Like, are you generating it from just a resistor divider with a capacitor to smooth it out, or yeah, are you generated true. in a more active sense with transistors or or a uh, or an op amp or something like that? You have to pay yeah. a lot of attention or a lot more attention into what kind of current is flowing through them because you're right, the you're virtual right. ground isn't as, shall we say, stiff as zero, you know? It depends. It really depends on the circuit, though. Um, but you're right. You You are right there. Is it really depends on how it's because like technically you could have a basically a double resistor ladder, right? And you pick the middle one as your reference as your virtual ground. Yeah. It's not going to be very stable once you start pulling more current through one rail or the other, though. But but you see, like in really inexpensive designs, that's a really great way to go. Like you can just yeah. create your own virtual ground. And like I said, throw a cap in there, and you've smoothed it out enough. And it wor enough. that works really well when doing op-amp circuits where one of the input terminals, which has an enormous input impedance, you can just reference it to your, you know, your virtual ground. And then any other resistors that, you know, attach to that ground, you can make them really large. Uh, it works great in those kinds of situations. But as soon as you have appreciable current flowing through it, especially if it's dynamic current, you start getting your ground starts moving all over the place, moving. and then you basically at that point, what you've done is you've created positive feedback to everywhere 
<laughs> and then like yeah, all bets are off at that point. Yeah, it's very interesting thinking about we talked about before and there was a very good YouTube video by It's the one where like ground isn't what you think it is on PCB layouts. Oh, was that Robert uh, Fenerak? Yeah, Robert Fennick. Fennick. Yeah, I can't remember how to pronounce the last name. Yeah. Uh, we probably Robert's both messed it name, up though. there. <laughs> um we he talks about that whole aspect of ground isn't what you think it is uh, on PCBs and how current flows and how it creates differentials across your planes and stuff like that. Because um, we had a whole podcast about different grounding types like star and plunge and what plunge, plunge and plane. And plane. Plunge and plane. Which is and my favorite way of doing it. Galaxy. Galaxy style. bunch of different styles. And, uh, um, and how basically he went over like how there's differentials, even how small there is, there are still differentials. Well, there's always, yeah. Uh, and the more current you're doing, the more differential there is because right, V equals IR, Ohm's law. And so. and in a plane, that's something you actually have to really pay attention to. Um, if you have your your nice pristine little analog front end uh, grounds and they flow across your big nasty noisy high current digital grounds. Um, you're going to have a bad day and you have to yeah. pay attention to which direction everything's going. Yeah. You have to pay attention. But I think cause a lot of people, especially me too in the past have designed, like you have your analog front end mm. and you like make a special ground plane, but you still have to connect them, right? You still have to connect them at yeah. a point. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think that is less. <sighs> you have to look at where your ground, where your current returns are at. Of course. Yeah. I don't think it's 100% all the time you need to separate them out. Because if they are, if your analog front end current is only going to stay in that area, you probably actually don't need it. I bet you would not see much difference separating those grounds out and then connecting them in one spot. Also, you might even get better, as w- better grounding. Well, as with everything, it depends, right? It There's depends. So it depends many for sure. Depends. Yeah. What I'm saying is if all your analog front end current stayed on that analog chip, let's say we're talking about a uh, thermocouple IC, mm-hmm. for example. Okay. If a thermocouple is an analog device and it's that chip's front end is analog, but it's got a digital back end, right? Yeah. Or maybe it spits out a, yeah, it spits out, let's say it's a spy device, right? Because that's actually what we deal with a lot of on firmware and embed system stuff. Well, the spy is definitely digital side. So that's all digital, but that thermocouple current that goes out to read that, that thermocouple comes back through the same pin. So like, yeah, I I, no, I, I understand what you're saying. Like, really... if, let's let's say you have the chip close to the edge of the board where you have your thermal yeah, couple connector. Yeah, it towards the edge of the board. Right, right. So, so it's so filtering. What you're what you're doing is you're trapping your analog currents, or you're you're yes. containing them really close. But one thing you got to remember is the power supply that flows to that IC. That the the return current on that is also your analog current. So no matter what, yes, yeah, you exactly. are trapping like the signal currents, but the but the the power supply has to do its own thing. So you're kind of not at the same time. Yeah, but the thing is, does that matter for what you're reading? 
Well, Very once again, it depends. It can. Depends. Uh, it, it can. And and in the case that you're talking about, that's okay. The case you're talking about is one of the most annoying, especially if you have multiple of those chips. Because those now chips, what you yeah. have is you have a chip that has an analog side and a digital side. And you hope to God that the analog pins are on one side of the chip and the digitals are on the other side, but sometimes and, they're not. And inside the chip has very little leakage between the analog right, and right. digital side. So what's, what's <laughs> happening is your star point, I guess you could call it, is, yeah, is underneath the chip. But what happens if you have multiple of those chips? Which yeah. which one wins? And And I think the situation you get into with those kinds of chips is the plane and plunge thing where you're like, okay, I'm just considering my ground to be the star and I'm making sure to put all my digital stuff over here and all my analog stuff over here. here. And then you have to test, you know? Yeah. You have to test to make sure you pass FCC. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, it's more like our, is your noise floor low enough to get the temperature readings you're looking for? Right. It's actually what it is. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it, yeah. it gets it gets really uh, yeah that's difficult. It's it's a lot easier when you can say, hey, here's my ADC, uh, and here's all my analog stuff, and I only have one ADC, therefore I can know where I can put my star ground effectively, um, or where yeah. my two planes connect. If if I do want to break them up, it's a lot easier if you have one. I've certainly run into that in the past. I had a design, oh, yeah. uh, a, a temperature. Um, sensing uh, design I did once that had like six chips. So it's like, where do I want the grounds to be? Yeah, where do you want to even connect those together for the the digital side? Yeah, it's not. The what easiest. I have done is is I had the connection between the two ground planes mm-hmm. underneath the digital lines. Like the digital yep. lines go on like the top, like so your clock signals, yeah. chip selects that stuff and then the ground planes under that only between the two sides because technically that's where because you have it's low but you still have your currents on your clock lines and your in your data lines because that's how that's how electricity works well technically no here's the thing it's actually not low because it's going really fast so for a very short period of time you're you're really high Uh, so if Uh, if it's instantaneously yes yeah if it's zero or high it's virtually nothing right but that transition is really high current you're right you're right instantaneously it's really high right, you're right. so you're right. You're right. that's that's where thing you get into trouble yeah so fun yeah i think so next week we'll talk about your circuit grounding for your this new setup you have and then we'll probably talk about python next week too yeah i've been doing a lot of python and um i'm i'm, I'm doing a little bit more tomorrow i think i can finish up my first thing basically as like a uh a thing for next week we'll talk about i've got a python script where i've got it talking to a database via apis going in parsing and scrubbing a bunch of data and then creating some nice excel files that automatically generates because i have i have a bunch of team members who don't want to go do data gathering so i'm like i'm going to make you the best data gathering you've ever had, and I'm going to schedule it on a Windows scheduler such that it runs once a week. So all you have to do is double-click an Excel spreadsheet, and it has and up-to-date, it up. up-to-date data, and you are ready for the management meeting. <laughs> this is one of those situations where an engineer will spend 20 or 30 hours to save one hour, but I save one hour every week, every week. from here on out. 
And it is worth it. It is totally that's worth actually, it. That's actually, I think that's going to be the topic next week, yeah. is that is what it is. Yep. Engineers are willing to spend 20 hours now to save an hour per X period for the rest of their lives. Yeah. So. Yeah, we will work our butt off to be lazy. So that was the MacFab Engineering Podcast. We're your hosts, Parker Dillman. And Stephen Craig. Thank you, everyone. Take it easy. Thank you, yes, you, our listener, for downloading, listening, and subscribing to our podcast. If you have a cool idea, project, or topic, let Steve and I know. Tweet us at MacFab, at Longhorn Engineer, or at AnalogENG, or email us at podcast at MacFab.com. Also, check out our Slack channel. It is MacFab.com slash Slack. And also, check out our live stream, which is every Tuesday somewhere between six o'clock central and 10 o'clock central like this week, but usually it's six o'clock central. Um, and that is twitch.tv slash macrofab. I still haven't got a macfab.com slash like Twitch or stream or whatever UL forwarder yet for it, but soon someday, maybe who knows. Um, and with that, how do, how does fucking magnets work? I don't know. Just listen to ICP. They'll tell you. Yeah.